The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, continuing the story of The Hobbit. Chapter 5. The Ride of the Roarim. It was dark, and Mary could see nothing as he lay on the ground rolled in a blanket. Yet though the night was airless and windless, all about him hidden trees were sighing softly. He lifted his head. Then he heard it again, a sound like faint drums in the wooded hills and mountain steps. The throb would cease suddenly and then be taken up again at some other point, now nearer, now further off. He wondered if the watchman had heard it. He could not see them, but he knew that all round were all round him were the companies of the roarim. He could smell the horses in the dark and could hear the shiftings and their soft stamping on the needle-covered ground. The host was bivouacked in the pine woods that clustered about Elinach Beacon, a tall hill standing up from the long ridges of the Doradan forest that lay beside the great road in the east Enorian. Tired as he was, Mary could not sleep. He had ridden now for four days on end, and the ever-deepening gloom had slowly weighed down his heart. He began to wonder why he had been so eager to come, to when he had been given every excuse, even his lord's command, to stay behind. He wondered, too, if the old knew that he had been disobeyed and was angry. Perhaps not. There seemed to be some understanding between Durnhelm and Elf Elfhelm, the marshal who commanded the Eurid in which they were riding. He and all his men ignored Mary and pretended not to hear, hear if he spoke. He might have been just another bag that Dur Durnhelm was carrying. Durnhelm was no comfort. He never spoke to every anyone. Mary felt small, unwanted, and lonely. Now the time was anxious, and the host was in peril. They were less they were less than a day's ride from out the from the outwalls of Minas Tirith than that encircled the townlands. Scouts had been sent ahead. Some had not returned. Others hastening back had reported that the road was held in force against them. A host of the enemy was encamped upon it, three miles west of the Emmendin and some more than three leagues away. And some strength of the men were already thrusting along the road and was no more than three leagues away. Orcs were roving in the hills and woods along the roadside. The king and Eomer held counsel in the watches of the night. Mary wanted somebody to talk to, and he thought of Pippin, but that only increased his restlessness. Poor Pippin, shut up in the great city of stone, lonely and afraid. Mary wished he was a tall rider like Eomer and could blow a horn or something and go galloping to his rescue. He sat up, listening to the drums that were beating again, now nearer at hand. Presently he heard voices speaking low, and he saw dim, half-shrouded lanterns passing through the trees. Men nearby began to move uncertainly in the dark. A tall figure loomed up and stumbled over him, cursing the tree roots. He recognized the voice of Elfhelm the Marshal. "'I am not a tree root, sir,' he said." nor bag but a bruised hobbit the least you can do in amends is to tell me what is afoot anything that can keep so in this devil's murk answered elfim but my lord sends word that we must set ourselves in readiness others may come for a sudden move is the enemy coming then said mary anxiously are those their drums i began to think i was imagining them as no one else seemed to take any notice of them nay nay said elfim the enemy is on the road, not in the hills. You hear the wozes, the wild men of the woods. Thus they talk together from afar. They still haunt Druodan Forest, it is said. Remnants of an older time they be, living few and secretly. Living few and secretly, wild and wary as the beasts. 
They go not to war with Gondor or the Mark, but now they are troubled by the darkness and the coming of the orcs. They fear lest the dark years be returning, as seems likely enough. Let us be thankful that they are not hunting us, for they use poisoned arrows, it is said, and they are woodcrafty beyond compare. But they have offered their services to Theoden. Even now one of their headmen is being taken to the king. Yonder gold delights. So much I have heard, but no more, and now I must busy myself with the Lord's commands. Pack yourself up, Master Bag. He vanished into the shadows. Ray did not like this talk of wild men and poison darts, but quite apart from that a great way of dread was on him. Waiting was unbearable. He longed to know what was going to happen. He got up and soon was walking warily in pursuit of the last lantern before it disappeared among the trees. Presently he came to an open space where a small tent had been set up for the king under a great tree. A large lantern covered above was hanging from a bow and cast a pale cry a pale circle of light below there sat theoden and eomer and before them on the ground sat a strange squat shape of a man gnarled as an old stone and the hairs of his scanty beard straggled on his lumpy chin like dry moss he was short-legged and fat-armed thick and stumpy and clad only with grass about his waist Murray felt that he had seen him before somewhere and suddenly he remembered the pupil men of dunharrow here was one of those old images brought to life, or maybe creature descended in true line through endless years from the models used by the forgotten craftsmen long ago. There was a silence as Mary crept nearer, and then the wild man began to speak, in answer to some question it seemed. His voice was deep and guttural, yet to Mary's surprise he spoke the common speech, though in a half-halting fashion and uncouth words were mingled with it. No, father of horsemen, he said, we fight not, hunt only, kill gorgon in woods hate orc folk you hate gorgon too we help as we can wild men have long ears and long eyes know all paths wild men live here before stone houses before tall men come up out of water but our need is for aid in the battle said eomer how will you and your folk help us bring news said the wild man we look out from hills we climb big mountain and look down stone city is shut fire burns there outside now inside too you wish to come there then you must be quick but gorgon and men out of far away he waved the short gnarled arm eastward sit on ho horse road very many more than horsemen how do you know that said eomer the old man's face the old man's flat face and dark eyes showed nothing but his voice was sullen with displeasure wild men are wild free but not children he answered I am great headman, gone, bury gone. I count many things, stars in sky, leaves on tree, men in the dark. You have a score of scores counted ten times in five. They have more. Big fight, and who will win? And many more walk round halls of stone houses. Alas, he speaks all too shrewdly, said Theoden, and our scouts say that they have cast trenches and stakes across the road. We cannot sweep them away and set an onset. And yet we need great haste, said Eomer. Mundberg is on fire. Let Gonbury gone finish, said the wild man. More than one road he knows. He will lead you by road where no pits are, no gorgon walk, only wild men and beasts. Many paths were made when Stonehouse folk were stronger. They carved hills as hunters carve for beast flesh. Wild men think they ate some, think they ate stone for food. They went through Druidan to Rimon with great wains. They go no longer. Road is forgotten, but not by wild men. 
Over hill and behind hill it lies still under grass and tree. There behind women and down to den. And down to lies still under grass and tree. There behind women and down to den. And back at the end to horsemen's road. Wild men will show you that road. Then you will kill Gorgon and drive away bad dark with bright iron. And wild men can go back to sleep in the wild woods. Eomer and the king spoke together in their own tongue. At length, Theoden turned to the wild men. We will receive your offer, he said. For though we leave a host of foes behind, what matter? If the stone city falls, then we shall have no returning. If it is saved, then the orc host itself will be cut off. If you are faithful, God, bury God, then we will give you rich reward, and you shall have the friendship of the mark forever. Dead men are not friends to living men, and give them no gifts, said the wild man. But if you live after the darkness, then leave wild men alone in the woods, and do not hunt them like beasts any more. Gonbury Gon will not lead you into a into trap. He will go himself with father of horsemen, and if he leads you wrong, you will kill him. So be it, said Theoden. How long will it take to pass by the enemy and come back to the root road? asked Eomer. We must go at foot pace if you guide us, and I doubt that I doubt not the way is narrow. Wild men go quick on feet, said Gon. Way is wide for four horses in Stonewain Valley yonder. He waved to send southwards, but narrow at beginning and at end. Wild men could walk from here to Din between sunrise and noon. Then we must allow at least seven hours for the leaders, said Eomer. We must reckon rather on some ten hours for all. Things unforeseen may hinder us, and if our host is all strung out, it will be long ere it can be set in order when we issue from the hills. What is the hour now? Who knows, said Theoden. All is night now. It is all dark, but it is not all night, said Gon. When sun comes, we feel her, even when she is hidden. Already she climbs over east mountains. It is opening of day in the sky fields. Then we must set out as soon as may be, said Eomer. Even so, we cannot hope to come to Gondor's aid today. Mary waited to hear no more, but slipped away to get ready for the summons to the march. This was the last stage before the battle. It did not seem likely to him that many of them would survive it, but he thought of Pippin in the flames and Minas Tirith and thrust down his dread. All went well, th all went well that day, and no sight or sound had they seen of enemy waiting to waylay them. The wild men had put out a screen of wary hunters so that no orc or roving spy should learn of the movements in the hills. The light was more dim than ever as they drew nearer to the Belagord city, and their riders passed in long flies like dark shadows of men and horses. Each company was guided by a wild woodman, but old Gon walked beside the king. The start had been slower than was hoped, for it had taken time for the riders, walking and leading their horses, to find paths over the thickly wooded ridges behind their camp and down into the hidden stone wayne valley it was late in the afternoon when the leaders came to wide gray thickets stretching beyond the eastward side of Amundin, and masking a great gap in the line of hills from that from nardol to din ran east and west through the gap the forgotten wayne road long ago had run down back into the main horseway from the city through and Anorian, but now for many lives of many trees had had their way with it, and it had vanished, broken and buried under the leaves of uncounted years. 
but the thickets offered to the riders their last hope of cover before they went into open battle for beyond them lay the road and the plains of anduin while east and southwards the slopes were bare and rocky as the riven hills gathered themselves to gather gathered themselves together and climbed up bastion upon bastion into the great mass and shoulders of mendolian the leading company was halted and as those behind filed filed up out of the trough of the stonewind valley they spread out and passed to camping places under the gray trees the king summoned the captains to council eomer set out sent out scouts to spy upon the road but old gans shook his head no good to send horsemen he said wild men have already seen all that can be seen in the bad air they will come soon and speak to me here the captains came and then out of the trees kept warily other and then out of the trees crept warily other pucal shapes so that old gone that mary so like old gone that mary could hardly tell them apart they spoke to gone in a strange throaty language presently gone turned to the king wild men say many things he said first be wary still many men encamp beyond din an hours walk yonder he waved his arm west towards the black beacon but none's to see between here and stone folks new walls many 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 busy there walls stand up no longer gorgon knocked them down with earth thunder and with clubs of black iron they are unwary and do not look about them they think their friends watch all roads at that old gon made a curious gurgling noise and it seemed that he was laughing good tidings said eomer even in this gloom hope gleams again our enemy's devices off service and even in this gloom hope gleams again our enemy's devices off serve us in his despite the accursed darkness itself has been a cloak to us and now lusting to destroy gondor and throw it down stone from stone his orcs have taken away my greatest fear the outwall could have been held long against us now we can sweep through if once we win so far once again i thank you gonbury gone of the woods said the good fortune will go with you for tidings and for guidance kill gorgon kill orc folk no other words please wild men answered gon drive away bad air and darkness with bright iron to do these things we have ridden far said the king and we shall attempt them but what we shall achieve only tomorrow will show gonbury gon squatted down and touched the earth with his horn horny brow brow in token of farewell then he got up as if to depart but suddenly he stood looking up like some startled woodland animal snuffling a strange air a light came in his eyes wind is changing he cried and with that and a twinkling as it seemed he and his fellows had vanished into the glooms never to be seen by any rider of rohan again not long after far away eastward the faint drums dropped again yet no heart in all the host came any fear that the wild men were unfaithful strange and unlovely though they might appear we need no further guidance said elfhelm for there are riders in the host who have ridden down to mundberg in days of peace i for one when we come to the road it will veer south and there will lie before us still seven leagues ere we reach the wall of the townlands along most of that there is much grass on either side of the road on that stretch the errand riders of gondor reckon to make their greatest speed we may ride it swiftly and without great rumour then since you must look for fell deeds and the need of all our strength said eomer i counsel that we rest now and set our hence set out hence by night and so time our going 
that we come upon the fields when tomorrow is as light as it will be, or when our Lord gives the signal. To this the king assented, and the captains departed, but soon Elfhelm returned. The scouts have found not to report beyond the grey wood lord, he said, save two men only, two dead men and two dead horses. Well, said Eomer, what of it? This lord, they were rider, they were errand riders of Gondor. Here gone was one, maybe, at least his hand still clasped the red arrow, but his head was hewn off, and this also, it would seem by the signs that they were fleeing westward when they fell. As I read it, they found their enemy already on the outwall, or assailing it, when they returned, and that would be two nights ago, if they used fresh horses from the post, as their, as is their wont. They could not reach the city and turned back. Alas, said Theoden, that Dinathor has heard no news of our riding, and will despair our coming. Need brooks no delay, yet late is better than never, said Eomer, and may, and uh, mayhap, in this time shall the old saw be proved truer than ever before since men spoke with mouth it was night on either side of the road the host of rohan was moving silently now the road passing about the skirts of mendolian turned southward far away and almost straight ahead there was a red glow under the black sky and the sides of the great mountain loomed dark against it they were drawing near the ramus of the pelinor but the day was not yet come the king rode in the midst of the leading company, his household, men about him. Elfhelm's Eord came next, and now Mary noticed that Durnhelm had left his place and in the darkness was moving steadily forward, until at last he was riding just in rear of the king's guard. There came a check. Mary heard voices in front speaking softly. Outriders had come back who had ventured forward almost to the wall. They came to the king. There are great fires, lords, said one. The city is all set about with flame, and the field is full of foes, but all seem drawn off to the assault. As well as we could guess, there are few left upon the outwall, and they are heedless, busy in destruction. Do ye remember the wild man's words, lord, said another. I live upon the open world in days of peace. Widfara is my name, and to me also the air brings messages. Already the wind is turning. There comes a breath out of the south. There is a sea tang in it, faint though it be. The morning will bring new things. Above the reek it will be dawn when you when you pass the wall. If you speak truly, Winfara, though then may you live beyond this day and years of blessedness, said Theoden. He turned to the men of his household who were near, and he spoke now in a clear voice so that many many also of the riders of the first Eord heard him. Now is the hour come, riders of the mark, sons of Ural, Foes and fire are before you, and your homes far behind. Yet though you fight upon an alien field, the glory that you reap, there shall be your own forever. Oaths ye have taken, now fulfill them all, to lord and land and league of, your, of friendship. Men clashed spear upon shield. Eomer, my son, you lead the first yord, said Theoden, and it shall go beyond the king's banner in the center. Elfhelm, lead your company to the right when we pass past the wall and grimbold shall lead his towards the left let the companies behind follow these three that lead as they have chance strike where strike wherever the enemy gathers other plans we cannot make for we know not yet how things stand upon the field for now and forth now and fear no darkness the leading company rode off as swiftly as they could for it was still deep dark whatever change wind would far might forebode Mary was riding behind Durnhelm, clutching with the left hand with 
while clutching with the left hand while with the other he tried to loosen his sword in his sheath. He felt now bitterly the truth of the old king's words. In such a battle, what would you do, Merodach? Just this, he thought, and Cumber should stay in my seat and not be pounded to death by galloping hoofs. It was no more than a league to where the outwalls had stood. They soon reached them, too soon for Mary. Wild cries broke out, and there was some clash of arms, but it was brief. The orcs busy about the walls were few and amazed, and they were quickly slain off. Before the ruin of the North Gate and the Ramus, the king halted again. The first year drew up behind him and about him on either side. Durnhelm kept close to the king, though Elfhelm's company was away on the right. Grimbold's men turned aside and passed round to a great gap in the wall further eastward. Mary appeared from behind Durnhelm's back. Far away, maybe ten miles or more, there was a great burning, but between it and the riders, lines of fire blazed in, va in a vast crescent, as at the nearest point less than a league distant. He could make out little more on the dark plain, and as yet he neither saw any hope of morning, nor felt any wind, changed or unchanged. Now silently the host of Rohan moved forward into the field of Gondor, pouring in slowly but steadily, like the rising tide through breaches in the dike that men have thought secure. But the mind and will of the black captain were bent wholly on the falling city, and as yet no tidings came to him, warning that his designs had any, held any flaw. After a while, the king led his men away somewhat eastward, to succumb between the fires of the siege and the outer fields. Still they were unchallenged, and so Theoden gave no single signal. At last he halted once again. The city was now near. A smell of burning was in the air, and a very shadow of death. The horses were uneasy. But the king sat upon Snowmane, motionless, gazing upon the agony of, of Minas Tirith, as if in stricken suddenly by anguish or by dread. He seemed to shrink down, cowed by age. Mary himself had it, felt as if a great weight of horror and doubt had settled on him. His heart beat slowly. Time seemed poised in uncertainty. They were too late. Too, was, too late was worse than never. Perhaps Theoden would quail, bow his old head, turn, slink away to hide in the hills. Then suddenly Mary felt it at last, beyond doubt, a change. Wind was in his face. Light was glimmering, far, far away. In the south, the clouds could be dimly seen as remote gray shapes, rolling up, drifting. Morning lay beyond them. But at that same moment, there was a flash, as if lightning had sprung from the earth beneath the city. For a searing second, it stood day dazzling far off in black and white. Its topmost tower like a glittering needle. And then as the darkness closed again, there came rolling over the fields a great boom. At that sound, the bent shape of the king spray suddenly erect. Tall and proud he seemed again, and rising in his stirrups, he cried in a loud voice, more clear than any there had, more clear than any there had ever heard a mortal man achieve before. Arise, arise, riders of Theoden! Fell deeds awake, fire and slaughter, spear shall be shaken, shield be splintered, a sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises. Ride now, ride now, ride to Gondor. With that, he seized a great horn from Guthlaf, his banner-bearer, and he blew such a blast upon it that it burst asunder, and straightway all the horns in the host were lifted up in music, and the blowing of the horns of Rohan in that hour was like a storm upon the plain and a thunder in the mountains. Ride now, ride now, ride to Gondor. Suddenly the king cried to Snowman, Snowman, and the horse sprang away. Behind him his banner blew in the wind, white horse upon a field of green, but he outpaced it, 
After him thundered the knights of his house, but he was ever bef- but he was ever before them. Eomer rode there, the white horse tail on his helm floating in his speed in the front of the first f- first yard roared like a breaker foaming to foaming to the shore, but Theoden could not be overtaken. Fay he seemed, or the battle fury of his fathers ran like new fire in his veins, and he was borne up on sh- sh- snowman like a god of old, even as Orilne the Great in the battle of the Valar when the world was young. His golden shield was uncovered, and lo, it shone like an image of the sun, and the grass flamed into green about the white feet of his steed. For morning came, morning and a wind from the sea, and darkness was removed, and the host of Mordor wailed, and terror took them, and they fled and died, and the hooves of wrath rode over them. And then all the hosts of Rohan burst into song, and they sang as they slew, for the joy of the battle was on them, and the sound of their singing that was fair and terrible came even to the city.